Get ready, you're about to enter the Renzo Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the one, the only Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. Follow me on Twitter at R-E-M-S-O 101. That's Remso 101 on Twitter. Welcome back. This is, you know, another episode coming to you from the one and only Commonwealth of Virginia, broadcasting you coast from coast. I want to give a shout out to all our fans and listeners over at Deplorable Radio, Auto Radio, and the awesome LRN FM. Love you guys. Um, season three is... Such a fantastic, fantastic ride. Uh, producer Ryan and I just enjoy everything that's you know coming from you guys, coming from our awesome guests, and it, it makes everything worth it. Because you know when the media spends more time talking about how Trump had two scoops of ice cream and everyone got one, and not the fact that we have the second largest incarceration rate for you know nonviolent, really non-criminal offenders in the world, it, you know it does kind of distort your perception of well everything but you know we're here with one thing and for old listeners this is gonna you know, probably bug you because i bring this up every episode but every episode is somebody's first episode so for, for those of you that are new and you're just tuning in today one you're you know that's a great decision that you decide to spend it with me second we've got an amazing guest coming on but third we try and do one thing very good here it's ultra cheesy kind of a ripoff but ultimately it gets to the point really fast we want to make freedom fun again let me say that again we want to make freedom fun again the ideas of economic liberty, limited government, just individual liberty as a whole. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. We don't hurt each other. We don't take each other's stuff when we don't have somebody else's middleman go and break your legs for us. I think we can all get along with that. But sometimes that is kind of a difficult thing to understand. I was not always a libertarian. I call it BL. When I look at my life on like a timeline, it's before libertarianism. And I bought into a lot of the, you know, status cockamamie garbage that a lot of people come into. You know, we, we need all these different alphabet soup agencies. We need to prevent people from doing this. And if they do that, we need to send them to jail. Um, it's okay to bomb certain people as long as they're, you know, you know, collateral damage for that part. Um, ultimately, you know, a, a lot of status sociopathic tendencies. But I understand up front that once you become a libertarian, it can become kind of difficult talking to people about this stuff. And even though these ideas are, one, they're true because they're peaceful, and they're peaceful because they look out for the betterment of everyone else, you'd think that would be basic for people. For, for years, I spent time in the Libertarian Party, then I became a sellout Republican, and I'm still having the same arguments with people. But ultimately, I mean, the, the biggest question is this. If libertarianism is the right thing, then why is it so hard to sell? People people have written books about this. People try and do everything they can. They do videos. They try and make it work. It's simple stuff, but it's not connecting to people. Is it the messaging? Maybe it's the philosophy. I don't know, but I'm going to have someone kind of jump in. It's our awesome guest. You know, she freaking, when it comes to marketing, she floats like a butterfly. She stings like a bee, but she's the marketing queen when it comes to the circle of liberty. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Leading Liberty podcast, Jen Gray. Jen, welcome to the program. It's great to have you on. Hey, Remzo. Thanks so much for having me. So you kind of heard my spiel a moment ago. Why do you think, you know, as a marketer, it's really 
either a challenge or it's really easy, depending on who you're talking to. But most of the time, it is kind of difficult to get these ideas out to people. But, you know, when it comes to marketing liberty, why do you think libertarians have had such a hard time communicating it to the rest of the country that's not libertarian for the most part? Well, you're right that marketing is hard. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's the strategy of the messaging and then the tactics, right? And I think libertarians have struggled on both fronts. So starting with the messaging side, it's tough because libertarians tend to be very, they're very smart. They're very intellectual. They're very well read. They've read, you know, Mises and Hayek and all these things that to them were very interesting and compelling, but they're not interesting and compelling to 99% of the rest of the world, you know, and so we need, you know, we, we need the salesmen and we need engineers, right? So we have lots and lots of engineers, but we need more salesmen. We need, we need more people who understand those principles, but who also understand the pain points that other people perceive so that they can position the libertarian solutions as answers to those problems they perceive, the second issue, I think, is a, a tactical marketing thing where we just don't have the resources, we don't have the money to market the way that our ideological opponents do. But I think we're coming to the point where the libertarian movement is starting to understand the value in things like high-quality podcasts and videos and Facebook advertising and, and all these great things. So while it's been a challenge for us in the past, I think it's something that we are starting to come out of. I completely agree with you, 110. Um, percent. I, I surveyed a couple friends of mine recently. Uh, I went out to lunch with them, and I was just like, "Here, on the notes function of your phone, I want you to write down in less than a minute what what is libertarianism, because you've got everyone has to have like an elevator pitch real fast." And you know, they they give me back their phones. I put them next to each other. One guy says, and I think I have the screenshot right here. Libertarianism is the classical liberal philosophy based in Austrian economics that expands back way back to the wealth of nations by Adam Smith, which discusses the federalist principles of the founding fathers in which they believed in a laissez-faire capitalist system. And these days, it's considered part of the fusionist trend of conservatism. So that's a mouthful. If yeah, I so was, you lost yeah, me about I mean, halfway through it, that, and my eyes started glazing over. So yeah, did. like I had like you know one of those little veins on the side of my head as I'm reading this, and I read it out loud in front of him, so that way he could hear how other people hear it, and he was like, "That's cruel." And now here's my favorite: the other guy goes, "Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff." Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and that's that's a great answer. What I would say, not that I have the ultimate answer, is when people ask me about my political views, I say, all I believe is that I don't know what's best for you. And I believe that both of us have the right to do whatever we want as long as we're not hurting anybody else. Exactly. And, you know, I, I had this problem with uh, with campaigning. And I remember the very first campaign I was ever a part of, it was a uh, libertarian campaign for Virginia House of Delegates, and we were knocking doors, and I tried to give the very basic pitch to people. Um, I remember I went to this one guy's door. He he opens it up, and he's like, well, okay, give me your spiel. I gave him that, and you know, I, he was like, well, you know, sometimes we do need to take people's stuff if it's not the right stuff. U ultimately, and I, I might sound like you know a little braggadocious here, but ultimately, libertarian solutions are right because they're peaceful and they look out for the betterment of other people. 
So at that point, I know that this I'm not getting through to this guy. And as I'm, you know, continuing to just throw it around, it's boggling my mind. I'm thinking, okay, our policies are good, our intentions are well, but it's not breaking through to people. How do our candidates get past this? Because I don't want to be like the Republicans and the Democrats for the, you know, the, the larger scheme of things where it's like, you know, just pander, just tell them what they want and then win. Do you think it's kind of, you know, do you think we need to pander a little bit when we're trying to sell ourselves as candidates, as, as you know, movers of ideas? Or do you think we just need to give it up front? And if people like it, they take it. And if they don't like it, they can go away. I wouldn't necessarily call it pandering so much as listening. I think we need to do more listening. I think we need to have more conversations. I think we need to ask people what they're frustrated about. I mean, if people want a great example, and this is something a candidate or an activist could use, would be to just say to somebody, well, what is your biggest frustration with the government? And see see what they say. And that way you know what's in their head so that when you give your answers, it comes across as something they can actually wrap their minds around because you're using words actually have already used with you. So on the tactical side, what that looks like is just doing a survey or something like that, asking that question. And then it, you you basically have your ad copy in their answers, you know, so I wouldn't call it pandering so much as, as just listening so that we can understand where people are coming from. Because I think a big mistake we tend to make as libertarians is to assume that everyone who isn't a libertarian is an idiot and you can't convince someone of something against their will. And so I think a, you know, a great, a great example of a candidate who does an amazing job with this is Larry Sharp. You know, if people want to see, you know, what's a good way that we can, not pander to people, bring people together and communicate in a compelling, compassionate, also firm and leader-like way. He's a great example of that. Totally. Jen, we're going to keep this conversation going, but first we've got to hit our first commercial break. Folks, you're listening to the Remsa Republic with special guest Jen Gray. Hang on tight and we'll be back in a moment. Let's make freedom fun again. Join the Rimsay Republic on Patreon today, 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 today. Hey, that's pretty good. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Rimsay Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Make sure to visit libertarianwingmedia.com. 
where you can find articles written by libertarians all over the world on all of today's issues. Check out our podcast network with monthly and weekly podcasts. Check out our Libertarian t-shirt store with t-shirts like Make Markets Free Again and Make Markets Not War. And you too can become an author at Libertarian Wing Media and write what you want, when you want. Just email alexmerced at alexmerced.com. Thank you very much. Welcome back. We're going to, you know, continue our conversation from earlier, but I want to just pivot a little bit. Um, Jen, I remember when I first became like a, you know, a, a tiny baby libertarian back in 2012. It was just like, you know, that that rush song where it's like my eyes are wide open and it was just like a whole new world. And I'm, I'm excited and I'm, you know, I'm optimistic for things. And it's like, I'm going to be a Ron Paul champion and all this other stuff. Yeah, high school me had a high-pitched voice. Um, it, I remember that there were, like, maybe a couple podcasts out there. And they were bad. They were, they were bad. There was no libertarian radio. Uh, on TV, all you had was Stossel. Stossel was good, but that was just it. That was our bar for everything. And then when you go look at, you know, most libertarian websites and stuff like that back in 2012, so we're not talking way back, but a lot of them are still like they haven't been updated since the 90s. And then you flash forward to this past campaign cycle, 2016, and, you know, it's we're we're seeing like a libertarian explosion. There are awesome shows, you know, in audio and video formats. When libertarians are running for office, they've actually got some pretty awesome campaign videos. I mean, I remember not just the Gary Johnson ones, but I remember the ones in the primaries. They were the John McAfee ones. And um, I I like to use, you know, the the Gary Johnson ads, and I like to compare them to the John McAfee ads because I think they were both really successful in what they wanted to achieve. But they show at, they show things in, like, two separate ways. And I think this is where most people go when they're trying to, you know, communicate these ideas of people with, like, the Judd Wise video that he made for John McAfee. It's kind of like, you know, uh, a montage of different things on crack. But it, it the whole thing was, you know, there's a problem in the system. You need to be free. And the only way to be free right now is to be libertarian. So he goes with more of like an artistic flair of things. It it does keep you there. But, you know, some people, older people, they might not necessarily be into that. That's fine. It wasn't really marketed towards them. Then you look at the Gary Johnson ads. Very to the point. Very policy driven. Um, you know, they do run on emotions. I remember the one where it's they show all the cell phones and it's like, see, anyone can access your information. The government can spy on you. It does reach to your emotion in a little bit. But at the same time, it's very I'm going to do this, this, this and this. And this is what makes me separate from Trump and Clinton. As we discuss, you know, the ideas of liberty, I don't think there's a right answer to either of those approaches. But what do you think? kind of you know effectively communicates those ideas to the broader public like if i had to invest all my money all my effort into one project like that what do you think the best course for me to go would be 
I would absolutely suggest video advertising. And I'm a little partial to this because that's kind of my area of expertise. But you brought up a really great point about the fact that Gary Johnson's campaign did a really amazing job of that and that the you know the liberty movement has really evolved a lot in terms of production value and you know if you, if for if people want to see another example of some some great liberty minded production video type work check out the liberty link media group um, they have done several awesome videos for the libertarian party and candidates and stuff like that and they do a really good job of mixing in emotion and sense of humor and all those things are important but i i think it's important for people to understand that a great video only gets you so far, right? If you post it organically, you get, you know what, maybe like a thousand views or something. Well, that's, that's if you've done a really beautifully produced video, that is a lot of work that you've just put in for maybe a thousand people to watch seconds, right? So the real value in using video to communicate our ideas is to get it in front of people who aren't necessarily looking for it, right? So YouTube it's a search engine. So people who are already libertarians might be coming in there and looking for libertarian stuff, and that's great, and they'll find it. What we really need to do is find people who don't already think about government the way we do, but have some sort of inclination. They've expressed some sort of interest in something that's up our alley, right? Like, And it's amazing what Facebook can tell us about people's interests. So I can build an audience People who care about mass incarceration or people who are opposed to the drug war, people who are likely to donate to conservative political causes, people who are likely to engage in liberal political posts, people who read Reason magazine. I mean, anything you can possibly imagine, Facebook can pull it together for you as as an audience. And you can show that video to those very specific people you want to, to see it. For literally like a penny a piece or less, if it's a really good video, that that cost actually goes down. That's a, a huge return on investment right up front. But what's really cool is that you can then save those people who watch that video and then try to take them on the next step of their libertarian journey, you know, whether it's to opt in for your whatever free thing it is, event it is that you have going on or an issue of your magazine or whatever it might be that draws them in and helps them understand more by giving them something digital where your marginal cost to offer it to thousands of people is virtually zero. So that's the, if I were to invest in any one project, I would make it that for sure. Definitely. And, you know, just kind of say taking a step back for a second, you know, this, the idea of, you know, having effective videos and ways to actually catch people's attention, like that's, that's not groundbreaking, but for a lot of us, like that's what brought us into things. And that it, it works so amazingly, like what you just explained. But, you know, for so long, I mean, Obama was doing this effectively during both his campaigns. He really pushed that. And, uh, you know, social media, it's it's we think of it as being old, but it's only been around for like, you know, 10, 11 so years with libertarians specifically trying to use this medium to, you know, sell their message in a sense. Do you think the problem for so long was just access to the ability to do so, or was it just the idea that maybe this won't work or maybe it will work? Well, I think it's a couple things. I mean, first of all, the platform itself has evolved a ton. I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but when I got started in the freedom movement years ago, Facebook couldn't do 90% the things that it does now. And I, it was already on my radar that it was an issue that all our donors were 90 years 
going to die any minute. But I didn't really, there, there wasn't a whole lot I could do about that. You know, like it, video advertising and targeting and all these things we can do now, that, that wasn't even a thing. So I would say that that is the biggest challenge. And, you know, in, in the, and I think also get intimidated when they see these really beautifully produced videos and think, oh my gosh, I could never do that. And, and neither can I, I'm, I'm not a videographer. People assume, oh, if you do video ads, you must be a videographer and, I, and I'm not. And what's really cool about Facebook, and I hope this will help lower the barrier to entry to the activists in your audience, is that it really does need to be a masterpiece. I mean, if it is a masterpiece, that's great. Well, I worked on a city council campaign during the last election cycle where we had this really produced video. It was amazing. And it was actually, it ended up being one of our, our least popular videos. One of our, two of our most popular videos, and I've since tested these campaigns, excuse me, these concepts and other campaigns, and they work every time, is number one, voter testimonials, right? Social proof is something super underestimated in the marketing that, that's space. That's what you did for and, Mark Wick, right? Yeah, I did it for Mark Wicks. I've done it for other campaigns also. Um, and all you do is have your people who are going to vote for you pick like five of them and have them say, I'm voting for Mark Wicks because blank and give you a sentence, compile it into a quick video. I mean, literally they, the people who shot that video for us were just holding their iPhones out in their hands. They didn't have a tripod. They were just standing outside. It was the most popular video of the entire campaign. And when we ran that as an ad, we spent, um, not a whole lot, you know, running it to to all sorts of you know, Montana Republicans and Democrats and people who care about gun rights and ex specifically excluding libertarians. And then what we did was we turned around and retargeted the viewers with the same the same video that we knew was already popular and said, hey, you know, did did you like this video? Because if so, every dollar you chip in today helps us get it to 100 more people tomorrow. And that three dollar ad raised 300 bucks. Wow. And that's and that's a, and that's a, a concept that has that I've replicated several times. So it's a, it's a really easy way, I think, to kind of lower the barrier to entry to video advertising to know that it doesn't one, it doesn't need to be a masterpiece. And two, you don't need to spend a ton of money. That that makes so much sense. And, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I remember when I was the last campaign I was a campaign manager for. I was like, oh, we need to spend all this time making videos. And we put out a couple of videos online. They were about a minute long and, you know, we, we targeted them. So we got pretty good return on investment on it. But, you know, I'm looking at the technology we have now. And, you know, if we could have just live streamed stuff alone, that would have made such a difference. But, uh, Jen, we've got to take our last commercial break and we'll finish off the show. Folks, hang on tight. We'll be back right after this. We'll be back shortly. Visit OremsoRepublic.com for all available content. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> Fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. Them yelling at you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? 
Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing, and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out preusspodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to all the podcasts on the Libertarian Wing Media Podcast Network on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher, such as the Alex Merced cast, with interesting interviews with interesting people every week. Breaking progressives, spending time every week breaking down left-wing narratives and showing what's real and what's fake. Economics Why Not, a weekly look at economics and applying economic principles to daily life. Better Today, a weekly podcast where we take a look on ways to improve your life and be better today. Libertarian Commons is a podcast where we play audio from the video archives of Alex Merced from his videos dating back to 2008. Liberty Public Access, a podcast where anyone can submit an episode. Submit your episodes to Alex Merced at alexmerced.com. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Then subscribe to Podcast and Logging Tips and Tricks, a weekly podcast about how to host your podcast, how to produce your podcast, and how to market your podcast. We'll be adding some monthly podcasts to the lineup soon, including Make Markets Free Again, a monthly look at what's going on in markets and regulation all over the world, and the Free VST podcast, looking at free VST instruments for electronic music producers. Listen to these podcasts by going to libertarianwingmedia.com or subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends and leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. America, remember the good old days. You know, like Jeff Sessions remembers. He remembers when the government could just seize your property without even taking you to trial. He thinks that you must be a degenerate because good people don't smoke marijuana. You know, like Barack Obama or a sexual pervert like William Jefferson Clinton. I remember America. Jeff Sessions, taking your stuff because he wants it. Jen, I, I was just mentioning, you know, I, I totally, you know, I totally agree. I remember when Facebook couldn't do half the stuff. My biggest thing was, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, you could go directly to your audience, and I mean, that's what people keep saying about Trump. He was able to use just everything and everything—Twitter, Facebook, whatever—to go directly to his audience. And I remember in the here in Virginia, we had our primaries recently, and everyone, you know, they, they already knew who the Democrats were going to choose for their. Uh, candidate for governor, but for the Republican side, it was a little bit crazier. And you had the front runner Gillespie. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna win like 60, 65, 70. They were basically saying that he had it in the bag, and it was just going to be, you know, a, a non-issue. But Gillespie spending all this money on all these ads and everything else, and then you have the strange guy from Prince William County, Corey Stewart, and he's just doing live streams. 
and his live streams are getting, you know, just ridiculous numbers, like crazy amounts, like hundreds of thousands of views. And then comes primary day in Virginia. And in the bag, win it all, Gillespie only beats Stewart, who spent almost nothing on advertising except a couple of radio ads. He beats him only by 1%. Um, and you know, Gillespie, he had, I think he had some of the best campaign commercials I've just seen, like in general, like of all the races I've done, I think the Gillespie ads were just really, really good. Like, you know, just as, as a thing itself, the ads were good, but he barely beat, (coughs) sorry about that. He barely beat the live stream guy. So that kind of brings me to my next point. Do you think people just want like, you know, do you think they really want to connect with the viewer? And it's like, oh, this guy's live streaming. That means he wants to talk to me. That means he's doing it right now. It's not scripted. Or do you think it's still important to go out and do, you know, the basic, the classic ads? Or do you think it needs to be a mix of both? What do you think? My philosophy is pursue simple, get fancy later, right? So most liberty-leaning campaigns are working with very limited budgets and probably don't have five or $10,000 to go hire an amazing videographer and then thousands of dollars to spend on ads and you know, ten thousand dollars to spend on TV. That that's just that's not even an option, right? And so what's cool about the live streaming approach and, and things like that is that it really lowers the barrier to entry and gives us a really inexpensive way to be super authentic. Every time I talk to someone who already identifies as a libertarian, I like to ask them the story behind how they came to find the cause or whatever. And 99.9% of people bring up Ron Paul. And it's like, you know, why, why did everybody like him so much? He's I mean, like he the wasn't big bang of libertarians for the most part. He is. And, and when you, you know, why, why was he so popular? It's not like he was the most amazing speaker. And, you know, some argue that, you know, his voice is kind of annoying. Now don't get me. I love Ron Paul. He's my hero, right? Like don't get it twisted. But I think there was an authenticity to him that people really valued. And what's cool about live broadcasting now is that it lets us have that kind of authenticity with our own audiences. So I I think people feel like this detachment from candidates a lot where they feel like people who run for office don't really understand them. They don't really care about them. And like you said, I think to be doing it on a live broadcast is a great way to start conversations with people. I mean, with Larry Sharp and with my city council campaign, I was involved in the the live broadcasts we did were consistently some of our most popular videos because I think people just like that raw, uncut dynamic sometimes. Absolutely. Jen, we've got to wrap up the show, you know, for activists, for any for candidates, for anyone that says, I have an idea, I want to go and promote it. I want to, you know, my return on investment is I get more people that want to believe in the concept of freedom. You know, what's what's your take home message for those folks? So my message to those people would be to think first about who you're creating it for, because it's real. I mean, I, and when you get into the space where you decide you want to create a podcast, you want to do a video, you want to run for office, whatever it might be, the types of people who do those things are very motivated and and tend to be not necessarily in it for themselves. And that, and that's, that's okay. It's okay to be self-motivated and want to do something for the benefit it's going to bring to you. But I think we really need to understand who we're creating it for and understand our audience and really ask ourselves who, who is going to create this, or excuse me, who is going to consume this, who's going to listen to this and what's the problem they perceive and really try to get into their head and understand what's going, what, 
what problems they're having and what challenges your unique experience can solve for them so that you can communicate that and your marketing as effectively as possible. Awesome. Jen, if people want to check out your podcast, follow you on social media and all that jazz, how could they do so? The best place to find me anywhere and everywhere is at jengray.com. That's where they can find my podcast, free marketing resources, uh, my Facebook group, all kinds of cool things that I've created to support the freedom fighter community. So jengray.com, or they can also find the Leading Liberty podcast with Jen Gray on Facebook. Awesome stuff. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the program. I learned a lot and had a great time in the process, and I know the listeners definitely did as well. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me. Folks, you know, I'm not going to get my usual long spiel. Just go ahead. And, you know, if you think that what Jen just said needs to be out there for more and more people, listen, there's one easy thing you could do. Definitely check out her website, her show, and everything she just told you. But while you're at it, you know, help support little old me here. Go ahead and go on iTunes. You know, if you're using a phone, go ahead and click the podcast app. It's the purple app with a little icon there. Go ahead to the app, to the spyglass at the bottom. Search the show. Go on there and then click this part that says leave a rating interview. By leaving a great review and a five-star rating, that helps us trend like we've been trending lately. That helps us boost um, you know, our recognition on iTunes and everywhere else. Because believe it or not, 95% of podcast consumers, even though I know a lot of you listen through SoundCloud and Stitcher and Google Play, 95% of all the world's podcast listeners still go through iTunes. So that's how we get these ideas out there. That's how we grow the show. And that's how we keep bringing you awesome content several times a week. As always, you know, be, be good to your neighbor. Go treat yourself and tune in next week, America. I'm Remso W. Martinez with the Remso Republic. Good night. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?